Hey, what's up, guys? This is Houston Inside Out. I am your host, James J. And today we are going to talk about negotiation. We're going to talk about some things that you can negotiate as a seller and as a buyer during the real estate transaction. This can help keep some money in your pocket. Stay tuned. If you love all things real estate in Houston, this show is for you. Sounds so exciting. We'll interview mortgage professionals, real estate professionals, special guests, and business owners from right here in the Houston community. This is Houston Inside Out. Hey, what's up, guys? It's James J. Welcome to Houston Inside Out. It is your Friday happy hour we're not at the the bar but this is happy hour time hope you guys have had an awesome week i am coming to you guys today because i went live yesterday and i had absolutely no audio so we're doing a redo all right hopefully you guys can hear me and if you can give me a thumbs up Give me some type of feedback so I know you can hear me. Uh, I now have uh, Mike Fright from going live, but we're going to redo it again. The topic of conversation yesterday was all about negotiation. All right. Things that you can negotiate during the contract phase if you are a buyer and a seller. All right. These are going to be a lot of the same issues, not a lot of the same topics that you're negotiating. But there are several things to negotiate. I'm only going through five, what I think are the most important, the five most important things that you negotiate. Again, there are other things to negotiate, but these are the top five that I want to go with and discuss with you guys today. The first one is closing costs, all right? These are in no particular order, but I'm just going to give you five. But one of those five closing costs, all right? Everybody's situation is different. Some buyers will ask you for closing costs. Some buyers need closing costs. And you as a seller have the option of paying closing costs or not paying closing costs. All right. Now, depending on what type of market we're in, if we're in a buyer's market, might be something you want to do. All right. Because you may not get another offer that you have a buyer that's asking you for a certain price without closing costs. So in a buyer's market, you may see a lot more buyers asking for closing costs. The other thing is this, depends on your price point, right? If you're in a, a lower price point, lower, I'm thinking 250 or lower, a lot of these buyers are going to be asking for closing costs in most situations, right? A lot of buyers are gonna need assistance with closing costs to get them into the home. So you gotta keep that in consideration. Once you start getting into a higher price point, maybe, not necessarily the case with buyers asking for closing costs, right? So it really depends on the situation, depends on the price point, and but it is something that is completely negotiable, right? Closing costs. As a seller, if I've got a buyer asking for zero closing costs, and then I have buyer B asking me for some closing costs, the one that's asking for closing costs is not necessarily the worst offer. Because the one that's not asking for closing, it may be offering you a lower price. So the closing cost that the buyer is asking for, if you agree to pay it, I mean, it's coming out of your bottom line as a seller. But it, it does not mean 
that 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 deal is automatically worse just because that buyer is asking for closing costs. So it's very situational and you just obviously you want to get the most amount of money that you can for it. And that is what a real estate professional can do. By the way, guys, if you've got questions about this or anything else as it relates to this topic or any other topic real estate related, you can check out my Houston inside out my Houston inside out.com is the website. I'll put that up here in a second, but you can uh, go over there. There's a ton of resources for you, but you can check that out. So that's closing costs. The second thing is the closing date. Why is this important? Well, if you are a seller that's in a situation where maybe you're building a, a new house, right? So you're building a new house, you've got to sell yours. Closing dates become a little flexible. Hopefully as a seller, you want to be flexible. And hopefully maybe you're in a position or your buyer's in a position to be able to maybe offer you a lease back. So I'm going to talk about this in, in a little more detail uh, on another uh, video. But if you're able to maybe close sooner with the buyer, if they're ready to close and you can close sooner, but be able to lease that home back from the buyer after you close, that's what a lease back is. But as a seller, it's beneficial to you because you don't have to move out of the house. You just go from owning the house to now being a tenant for however long you guys agree to. But if you're building a house, this is a great option to make your life a whole lot less stressful. Leasebacks are awesome. I try and use them anytime I can. Uh, if I'm moving or I have a client that's moving from one house to another, it just gives you some extra time to either wait for your new house to be ready or just some extra time to maybe move some things after you close on the house. So leasebacks are great. Again, I'm gonna do a, another video leasebacks down the road, but a great option. The other thing about closing dates is you may have a buyer that wants to close really quickly, all right? Depending on the lender, some lenders can close quickly. Some lenders are going to take 30 to 45 days, all right? I would say the average is somewhere around 30 to 45 days, but there are lenders that can close sooner. As a home seller, you want to close as soon as possible, all right? As soon as possible, guys, things happen, buyer gets laid off people get divorced, stuff happens. As a seller, you want to get your house closed as quickly as possible. If that means you close and you're not necessarily 100% ready and you can't get a lease back, guys, I will figure it out. Get your house closed so you can move on. I have personally been in a situation where I've been in a hotel, I closed on a house and my new house was not ready. I didn't care. I wanted to close, be done with it. It is not convenient to move out of your house and into temporary housing whether that be a hotel an apartment it's not convenient i know i have done it with kids i get it you want to get your house closed as quickly as possible however you got to do it figure it out if you need to move temporarily whatever you just want to close but at least back is a great option so closing dates are an important thing depending on how you as a seller needs to work that date uh, and then the flexibility of the buyer because every buyer doesn't have the flexibility to lease back a home to you the other thing is repairs all right so typically the buyers are going to have a 
10 day, I would say seven to 14 day option period. This is resale I'm talking here, not new construction, all right? Repairs are going to be negotiated during that option period. So this is where stuff falls apart in virtually any contract. It's gonna be during the option period and it's probably gonna be over something that the buyer and seller just can't agree to. Or the buyer gets an inspection and a report and they find something on that report they just don't wanna deal with and they walk away. So repairs are something that you are going to need to negotiate. So you can negotiate all the repairs that the buyer's asking you for. You can negotiate some of the repairs. So if they give you six items to repair, you may say, no, I'll do three. You may say, no, I'm not gonna do any, but I'll reduce the price. Or the buyer can say, I'm not happy with any of this and the buyer can walk. So that is what that option period is for. That is what deals are gonna fall apart. It's during that option period. So these are very important times, especially during that option period. Once you get beyond the option period, you can breathe a little sigh of relief, but don't ever assume everything's all good until you are closed and funded on that deal. Stuff happens all the time, but that is one of the, one of the other things that you can definitely negotiate repairs. Uh, whether again, you can pay some of it, pay none of it, uh, reduced price there's a different a couple of different ways to go about handling repairs but very very important the other thing is a personal possessions within the house so if you are a buyer you like a certain item in a house it's not part of the house it's furniture you can ask for that particular piece of furniture from the seller all right you we can work it out to where they either give it to you or you work it out to where they sell it to you as a seller, if you know, and I'm not talking furniture here, I'm talking things like chandeliers are one of the big items. You spent two grand on a chandelier, you know you're going to take the chandelier when you leave. I advise people to just take it down before your house even gets on the market. We can make a comment in MLS that says, hey, this is going to stay, or excuse me, this is going to leave. We're not leaving the chandelier. But guys, it's just one last thing for a buyer to, to fall in love with have to try and negotiate you want this this process to go as smoothly as possible that is the that is the goal make it go smooth pull the chandelier down put something else up before you put your house on the market that's just an example if there's anything else that you know that you're going to to want to uh take with you uh, again i'm not talking furniture i'm not talking washer dryer or refrigerator but there's certain items that people have in their homes that are physically fixed to the house um Technically, a chandelier is not physically fixed, but for real estate purposes, it's a fixture, all right? Yes, you can take it down very easily and put something else up. That is the best thing to do if you're selling your home. Take it down before you list it. The other thing is home warranty. This is something that you will get with most of your uh, resale deals, most. And it does not mean the seller's paying for it all the time. I have a lot of buyers that think a seller is required to pay for a home warranty, not at all. It is quite negotiable depending on the term of the rest of the contract. That home warranty may or may not be offered. All right. Now, if you're buying new construction, that's different. All right. They're going to have their own warranties and things like that. But on a resale home, a home warranty is not, not, it's not <laughs> required by a home seller to give you. You want to have it whether the home seller pays for it or not, but it's not something that's required. Then you can negotiate how much of a home warranty, 300, 500, 600. There's so many different options as far as home warranties go, but you can negotiate all that stuff with your buyer 
or seller, depending on what side you are coming from. But it is not something that you have to provide as a seller, but it's definitely something you want as a buyer. So again, guys, you can check out myhoustoninsideout.com, myhoustoninsideout.com. You can reach me there. Call. You can also call 832-271-1708. 832-271-1708 is our number. We'd love to help you if you have questions on negotiation, guys. I feel like we are the best negotiators, period. We can negotiate things to get you more money and keep you more money in your pocket. But go to myhoustoninsideout.com with any more questions. And you guys have an awesome weekend. I will catch you on the next episode.